Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Reserve, part of the Haggerty Podcast Network. We're here to help you make sense of the enthusiast car market, whether you're buying, selling, or just watching. Now, this week, we've got a Cadillac with, holy smoke, 16 cylinders and a project car fit for a dreamer that comes with a Packard V12 engine. And there's a six-figure Toyota Land Cruiser. Whoa. I'm Larry Webster, editor of Haggerty Media. And I'm Dave Kinney, the publisher of the Haggerty Price Guide. Now, between the two of us, we've got decades of experience buying, selling, and driving the cars we love. Plus, we're backed by the data of the Haggerty Valuation Tools. Hello, Dave. Hey, Larry. How you doing? All right. Well, we are recording this on Wednesday, November 23rd. Dave, happy Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, I'm thankful for everything. I mean, you know, uh, we look, we all live in a great place. We got plenty of food. We got plenty of water. We got plenty of light. All that sort of stuff. We have plenty to be thankful for, but especially the cars that we love. Dave, I am thankful for you this Thanksgiving. Aww. I mean, Aww. If there I'm was all warm smarter and funnier, I, I just don't know who they are. So, you know... <laughs> When I make fun of you and call you dumb, it comes from the right place. I hope you understand that. I, you know, and when I call you dumb, too, I mean, I, I think I think we would. Oh, we're just like brothers. Now, shut the hell up and let's get on with the show. Huh? <laughs> All right. Let's start with our opening bid segment. Uh, there is a car that sold that you and I were very keen on. It's this weird. They call it a special. It's a 54 Bill Miller Packard, which I don't even know what that means. Why don't you describe it for the audience? So, hey, listen, the seller on this is really interesting because it's, uh, you know, it, it's the uh, museum in uh, California that we all know of. It is the uh, Peterson Museum. Oh, yeah, what a place. And, uh, I mean, a great place. And, uh, you know, hey, let's do a plug for the Peterson. Everybody, if you're in L.A., go visit. You got to go to a great place on Museum Row. You'll spend the day. You'll have a lot of fun. It's all about cars. It's all about car culture. Anyhow, that commercial's over. Bill Miller, um, a special guy who, uh, you know, kind of a raconteur, you know, did all kinds of things. This is an uncompleted project that was kind of completed, you know, partially at once. And then it was, you know, they changed the front end of it and stuff like that. It is basically a pre-war um, uh, 16-cylinder, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 12-cylinder uh, Packard uh, that with the uh, uh, the chassis of a very large, like a limousine car, cut in parts and then put back together and a sports car body put on it. Um, there's a lot of romance here. There's a lot of Los Angeles history, a lot of California history, uh, but it's an uncompleted project, so it's a lot of work to go. You are buying the classic pig in a poke. Uh, they have a poke. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. What does that mean? That's uh, like you're buying a uh, a sow in a bag. I mean, I don't know. It's a basically. It's a you don't know what you're getting. Uh, oh, so well, you know, it's okay, D Dave. This thing sold for twenty six grand. I'm bringing yep. a trailer. Yep. And I understand the romance of it. A lot of the body fabrication was done in Pasadena, and of course, we all know in the Southern Californias where all these hot riders were building stuff out of junkyards and taking them to the dry lake beds and setting speed records. So this is very much. Among that, except this body's beautiful. Do you think a V12 Packard engine, which is what this comes with, 
Is that a loan worth twenty six grand? You think? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. But uh, I, look, the romance of this is basically pre war, post war, post war body, uh, you know, post war body style, sports car body style on an engine that probably weighs more than your Subaru. Uh, you know, yeah. the engine itself that is. It is incredibly heavy. It is incredibly old fashioned, and so it was a little bit of a Franken project to begin with. Uh, but I think it would be very, very cool. Can you imagine this at the uh, you know International Race of Gentlemen and all that sort of stuff? Uh, this would do hot laps at uh, uh, all kinds of vintage car race events. It wouldn't necessarily be competitive, but it's basically uh, a, a cool idea. Something like, uh, oh, maybe our friend Jay Leno might have because it's... Uh, Actually, you know, that's uh, a good point. A, a cool motor. Uh, with the possibility of a cool body. Yeah, right. Okay, well, I don't know. I mean, I hope for the buyer lets us know when this is done, if ever. Totally cool project. But yeah, it needs a Leno type, somebody with deep pockets and the imagination to take it on. But uh, so I was really, I thought that was a, a really fun car to see. But the other thing that was also on Bring a Trailer was a really fetching, super cool 97 Toyota Land Cruiser wagon with the FZG80 and a five-speed. This sold for $127,500. Um, very interesting, unconventional car, don't you think? Yeah, this was not an FJ80. This is an VG FJ, FZJ80. This is delivered new co to Columbia, so we always have to wonder what's in those uh, floorboards and uh, you know, and those extra panels in the doors. Um, you know, the requisite Colombian drug. Are joke. you making sorry. the drug cliche? Yeah, jokes? I just did it. I'm sorry, but it is a very, very cool thing. These are ones that you never find in left-hand drive, and because it went to a left-hand drive country, it went to South America. Um, it's it's extra cool because you don't have to drive on the right-hand side of the road, even though you've got a you know basically, let's call it a JDM export. I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, kind of a, a left-hand drive, but it's got all the uh, Japanese domestic market goodies in it. I love this thing. I don't think this was expensive for this. I think it's not a bad price. It, one twenty-seven five. Um, oh my gosh, Steve! Whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, you know, we all don't have one hundred twenty-seven grand, so that the the concept of substitution certainly shows up. One hundred twenty-seven gets you, I I think, a much more stylistic, super cool, like an FJ eighty with a completely new powertrain and brand new air conditioning and interior and all that stuff. So this is, you know, a car that probably sold for, I don't know, thirty-five, forty grand new, and now you're spending three times that just because it's been sitting around? Oh, Lawrence, we have this thing called the price guide and our number one in the price guide is $96,000. So that's, you know, that's only like a $30,000 bump above that. So, uh, you know, I mean, you're going to have the one-of-one, so you get all the bragging rights when you uh, go somewhere with this thing. It's definitely cooler <sighs> than a regular FJ80. Um, you know, it is. Got, I know, it gets, this gets you a brand new v8 land rover defender just saying i know this is an old car we're about older cars and the seller presented this thing super well don't you think i mean I it looks brand new i mean yeah. I, I think that that had to add 20 grand of the price easy but i i don't know it's an oddball one to me um really cool don't get me wrong i love it but at one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, uh hard, hard one to swallow yeah. Okay. I, you know, and, and about that, I will totally agree with you because that's a lot of money for a, you know, a used land cruiser. 
Um, and, you know, it is not a perfect one. It is not number one. I mean, you can look at those baggy seats and stuff like that. But it is a very, very, very nicely presented Land Rover. So, I, I, you know. So, I, I mean, we, I think we can agree. Somebody in Columbia had a ton of money, bought this thing, and just basically barely used it because it only has 69,000 kilometers on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were a street vendor in uh, Columbia at the time. And, you know, they, <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, you know, and, and being unfair to Colombia, it's a beautiful country, and they've really got their stuff together now. So, uh, um, you know, it's a different place than it was back in the day. Okay, totally opposite end of the spectrum on P car market, a 1970 Citroen. Now it's a CX Palais, P L A L P A L L A S with a five speed. Uh, this I thought was the deal of the week. It sold for seven thousand bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I, French car. Totally weird. I'm yeah, exactly. Well, there's French cars and then there's weird French cars. Mostly it's the same, but you know, with a Citroen, you 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 pretty well, you know, covered the base by saying weird car and Citroen at the same time. It's an awesome car with a lot of fun factor again. 7 grand, no argument from me, worth the money all day long. Um, you know, just a a, a cool car with the what a hydropneumatic suspension or whatever they call it. It's, it's got all the, it's a bargain basement SM for somebody. Maybe it's doesn't have a Maserati motor. won't go as fast, but it's got the coolness factor. So we're going to have to agree on this one. How sad is that? I just think the, the, the styling is what sells it, right? It's that teardrop, you know, tapered rear, but just on the inside from the, the weird gauges and the, the rotating, um, there's some eye on the dash and it's just a so much character for not a lot of money. And if I, that's one of my, uh, let's call it legs of the stool for any classic car. It has to have tons and tons of character. And this thing is, uh, it's just got everything. I, I wonder, I've never driven one. Are they as smooth riding as everybody says? Yeah, they really are. I have a friend who has one who's modified one and, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's actually amazing. You know, people say about a, you know, like a Jaguar having a, you know, feels like a driving their living room couch. Well, in some ways yeah. it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. And you wonder why, you know, there were earlier cars that are known as gangster Citroëns, basically World War II era cars. Uh, this is really gangster in its own way. It's really kind of, you know, uh, diamond in the back, sunroof top, digging the scene with the gangster lean. I mean, it's got it all going on. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, seven grand. I mean, like like we said, I mean, there's so many people out there who are, are doing a major service on their car for seven grand. So, okay, uh, yeah, here's another uh, another example of like a lot of car or a lot of fun for the money. I'm bringing a trailer. It was a 1970 modified Volvo 145S wagon sold for twelve grand with a really kind of very presentable paint job, uh, well styled, great color, great wheels, all that stuff. I don't think you're as a fan of this thing as I am. You know, I I like the slammed look. Uh, you know, probably a IPD suspension kit. I didn't drill down and make sure that's what it was. It's got black wheels, which I don't particularly like on this. Completely dechromed. Why black wheels? Dave, 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 Dave. Black wheels hide brake dust. They're awesome. Hide brake dust? Do you never yeah, get you out in detail? You get out and detail it, man. Come on. No, 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 no. You go on a ride somewhere and you've got your chrome wheels. They immediately look dirty. Then you're cleaning them every stop. It sucks. And once you have black wheels, all that goes away. All right, okay, I'm sorry so, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I I don't think I've owned but one car with black wheels. But, uh, yeah, you're probably right on that. But uh, I've owned a couple 144s. I owned actually a 142 and a 144, both from this time era. Um, 
you know, they weren't exactly performance cars. Uh, no. Yeah, let's no, just no. put it that way. But uh, they're fun to drive. Um, this one's had a lot of money spent on it. So you can't argue for twelve grand. I mean, you could not put this car together. By the way, we have these in the price guide, an unmodified one. Uh, we have it a number three at eleven nine. So you're getting basically the exact same thing for, you know, somebody spent a lot of money to make it a, a, a number. It's better than a number three, I think, maybe a three plus. Uh, but it's modified, so it makes it a little different. But uh, I, you know, yeah, I'd own this. I'd have the. I've had fun with this. Definitely. I think it's super cool. Yeah, definitely. somebody's done. Like you said, a lot of work. There's no. I didn't see any rust. It. Uh, it's definitely been lovely. It's like to me, this is something. It's like a canvas. Like you're buying it and you can either enjoy it or you can do your own stuff to it and, you know, probably hopefully get out what you put in it. So it's got the B20 engine, which was, you know, not the performance at the at the time. The B20 was the engine to have. I had a B20 in my uh, 123 GT, a lot better than a B18. It had higher horsepower. So what the hell? Why not? All right, here's one you uh, really had your eye on, and I think you're probably sad you missed it, was the, um, it's a 1990 Toyota Serra. <laughs> Odd, weird car. It's got Lambo doors, man. I mean, you know, it's got those lift-up doors that uh, everybody wants, and you can't get Lambo doors anywhere else for $6,850, can you? I mean, it's, a, it's definitely, definitely one of these conversation cars. Anywhere you take it, whether you take it to, uh, you know, Cars and Coffee, I think you could uh, probably slide this in at Radwood as well, even though it's a 1990. I think you can call it a very, very late 89, you know. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> butterfly doors on a, uh, on a mostly unmodified U.S. title, uh, you know, JDM Coupe for $68.50. Um, it's cool, and you're never going to see another one. And I think that's really what the, the whole the whole fun part of this thing is, so. Well, it's super well bought. I mean, if you bought one in Japan, which is where this thing uh, originally was probably sold, and shipped it over, and you'd you'd already be spending four or five thousand just in shipping. So oh, yeah. For another yeah. couple grand, you get the car. I mean, the downside, of course, this one's an automatic. I can't imagine how slow this thing is. I mean, it, this is we're talking golf cart speed, right? <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? Neighborhood electric vehicle, NEV uh, yeah, speed, it, right? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Well, I, I don't think that this is about going fast. I mean, you know, and, and this will prove it. This was on Cars and Bids, by the way, um, which I say is the perfect platform for this. Uh, this is, I mean, if I own this car, I'd put it on Cars and Bids. I'm really surprised it only brought seven, you know, not even seven grand, 68.50. That's not much money. Yeah, the thing you got to remember about these small Japanese cars, uh, something similar called the Mazda AZ1, which actually has full gullwing doors on it. And that's a K car with a 660cc engine. Um, I'm six foot and I weigh about 190 pounds. Could not get in the thing. Mm -hmm. So this one looks a little roomier. It looks like a little more accessible, but it's definitely something to think about with these cars. Sometimes they're so small, you can't even although this one built on a paseo probably has a lot more room yeah that's why you buy the convertible so you know you don't have to worry about it but this is not a convertible but you know hey you can always put those butterfly doors up I, i'm not going to call them butterfly i'm going to call them what they are they're lambo doors to 99 percent of the people out there so you know just call them lambo doors yeah the one uh switching gears a little bit the car that i was super excited about is was also sold on bring a trailer it was a 2003 lexus is 300 um this car sold for $17,000. You don't see these this clean very often for a couple of reasons. One, it's a sedan. 
And, you know, people seem to really take care of two doors and sporty cars, not everyday sedans. Second thing is uh, this car had the same engine, the straight six engine as the Supra. So they typically got modified or turbocharged or they turned them into drift cars. This one, unfortunately, has an automatic, but really, really clean. And I remember, Dave, if I could just go back to memory, if you'll indulge me for a moment. I was a car and driver when this came out. We were all uh, worshiping on the doorstep of the BMW 3 Series. And this car came out, and it was better in every way. Really? And I'd love to own one. Oh, my gosh. It was so much sharper and sportier. You could make them sound really good. It blew us all away. So... Uh, these are going up, I think. You know, the finding a nice IS three hundred is probably a very, very uh, you know tough thing to do because they were used up. I mean, you're like you said, they were four door cars. You know, they went from uh, the Lexus lot to uh, you know maybe a used car lot, or it got given to somebody in the family or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, so you don't find them this nice. So I, I will give you that. Seventeen seems like a lot of money, but you're right; it does have it does, it does have the uh, super engine in it, so that makes a big difference. Eh, um, probably. I don't know. Automatic hurts it. Yeah. yeah it I mean, does. if this was a manual, I'd be kicking myself that I missed it. But automatic, eh, well, you know, but still, I think I'd go up to like maybe M3 money for the right six shift. So if anybody out there has an IS300 first gen six shift, you want to get rid of it, please <laughs> call me. All right, Dave, let's switch gears. Let's go to the kicking tires. This is the segment where we talk about cars that are. Are are going uh, that are for sale now or will be shortly? What is on your radar? Well, you know me, I like those uh, high dollar uh, Mercedes Benz SLR McLarens, and this one is a 722S, uh, which is kind of the king of the hill uh, in the uh, in the SLS market. Uh, I have to go back and say the SLS is not loved in the day all that much. Uh, the no-, no, no, this isn't an SLS. I, I mean, it? I'm sorry, SLR. SLR. I'm sorry, SLS, SLR. Yeah. Pardon me, you're right. Oh, SLR, I know, big yeah. difference. 722S. Good thing I'm here. Yeah, thank you. I I, I, I knew there was a reason you were here. Uh, it's already <laughs> at $700,000 with eight days to go. That should tell you something about the market on these cars. Um, there a lot of, a lot of bad rap about the looks when the, when the car came out. Uh, I think you're the one who didn't like them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Webb. No, I know. I mean, they're, they have some fantastic details. The exhaust poking out from under the body, just behind their front tires. I, I don't know if there's a cooler detail in the automotive world. Yeah. I freaking love yeah. it. Yeah. But I, the, the, the stratospheric price rise of the SLR is a bit of a head scratcher to me. Um, these was a combination with Mercedes and McLaren. We thought they were going to build a Ferrari beater when the car showed up. I was a car and driver. I, I, I drove these things a lot. Super cool looking, but it was like a glorified uh, SL and faster. And I mean, I think what you're seeing here is this special model, which has what about 640 horsepower mm -hmm. in 2009. I mean, we're, we're a little bit jaded by power, but tons and tons of power, but I'm with it. 700 grand that speaks to me is like does that mean dave somebody's come in and just wants to scare everybody away that could be and that's a bidding strategy uh, i call it the knockout bid a lot of people call it a knockout bid but uh, guess what we have these in the price guide our number one tops out at a million fifty thousand uh, which is a lot of coin but i wouldn't be surprised seeing this one go above that this is a canadian market car uh, so it means it reads in kilometers and it's got 5,000 kilometers. I wouldn't want to be the one who was importing it into this country because I don't even know 
uh, well, obviously it's a 2.5 duty and a thousand dollar fee. So a million dollars plus 2.5. I, I mean, that's more than you make in a month, isn't it? I mean, you know, something along those lines. So, uh, you know, I mean, depends on the month. a good month. How's that? A good month. Uh, right. But uh, I, I'm watching this thing. I'm Wait. watching this thing like a hawk, man. I want to see what this sells for. I'm going to predict a million two and a half. Dave, can you tell us why? I mean, I know. I want to see if you know. I'm going to give you a little test here. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're going to see if you pass or not on this Thanksgiving. Why are the three letters SLR so important to Mercedes? Uh, Sterling Moss. You got to be a little more specific than that, Dave. Don't be cagey. Well, um, the person associated with uh, the '50s racing program for the uh, for the Mercedes was a gentleman named Sterling Moss, and I believe uh, he's the one who was the uh, how do I put it nicely? Not the progenitor. No, he's a driver. Well, yeah, but 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 more than a driver, he represented the brand, I guess, and he represented the brand. At the time this was made, and they actually made a Sterling Moss edition of this as well. Do I do I uh, get partial SLR? credit? Do I get partial credit? Well, okay. Seven twenty two was the seven twenty two was the number on the side of his winning car. Now I get it all. Thank you. Yeah. So SLR uh, and seven twenty two, those two are in Mercedes lore. There are no sure. those six characters hold more weight than anything else in the Mercedes yep. world. The SLR was this uh, race car that Mercedes built. Sterling Moss and a guy named Dennis Jenkinson drove it in the 1955 Mille Mille in the greatest driving. Jenks, yeah. The greatest driving feat ever in the history of motorsports. They did the 1,000-mile Mille Mille in just over 10 hours. And this is public roads before there were highways, little Italian villages. God knows how they did it. It it still stands today as uh, an incredible feat. 722, yeah, it was the number on the side of the, the historical SLR, but in the melee, that number corresponds to your start time. Sure. So they left at 722 a.m. So um, I think a lot of those little details collectors like, even if this uh, 2009 version has no real tie to the melee. Yeah, does that work? Yeah, I, I, yeah you're right. Um I believe Jenks also didn't he have like a like a toilet paper roll of uh, of directions in the whole thing that he would spin off at the you know at the different times so turn here and all that sort of stuff I mean like it, yeah uh, it, you know that was, that was true navigation uh, before there was sat nav before all that sort of stuff uh, it, you're right it was an unbelievable feat of daring do and uh, and so it it deserves to be celebrated in all kinds of I can't imagine. I've done that event a couple times, the Mille Mille. The, the, the modern version is, they try and replicate it a little bit, but it's broken up and it's late at night. But the, the little villages you go through, I mean, they could not be more charming. And to imagine doing over 100 miles an hour for as long as they did in these crummy, primitive Italian roads, I, I mean... Uh, Sterling Moss is unbelievably brave. I, although I would argue that the navigator Jenkinson, who just had to sit there and was, uh, you know, if if Moss made a mistake, he was dead too. The two of them, amazing. Yeah, that's I, yeah, I that's know. back. I, I'm, I'm speechless. That's back when men, men were men, not you know, not like now where we're you know just a bunch of sissies. So you know, whatever or whatever. Don't make fun of my man, Bob, again, please, <laughs> Dave. I've had it. I've heard it all. Anyhow. All right. 
Well, okay. The, the, the one I, I'm sort of, I'm really fascinated by, and you probably know more about this than I do. It's a 1938 Cadillac Series 90. Um, it's for sale on Bring a Trailer. It's already at $75,000. It's got nine days to go. The reason this things are so cool, it's got a V16 engine. And, um, you know, Cadillac's had its ups and downs, but this car seems to me is at the height of Cadillac's power. Um, I couldn't say enough about it. You've probably traded these things a ton. No, no, I've uh, I've actually driven one in my entire lifetime. They are an incredible car, really? and you know the V16, the engine should that should never exist. Uh, you know, it was the you know it was the pinnacle of uh, pre-war engineering, basically. And Cadillac did it best, and in a convertible coupe, that's the one to have. Uh, we do have these in the price guide, believe it or not. And this thing uh, tops out at a number one at three hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, number two is not that far behind at 285 and the entry price at a number four is 145 So even though it's got 75 grand on it, it's got nine days to go. It'll probably do very well. This is uh, represented by uh, uh, Hyman Limited in St. Louis. I've seen the car. Uh, I've seen this car in person before. Whoa. So uh, it's a... No yeah, kidding. So it's a gorgeous car. What number car. is it? What number is it? I, well, I, I saw it yeah, years it ago it? when it was on the show circuit, but I would not be surprised oh, if it's still... At least a number two. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this is a fascinating car because here's Cadillac in, you know, 1938 was at the tail end of the Depression. But when they were developing this car, the Depression was still raging and they're building a crazy, uh, very expensive car and uh, with a very exotic, you know, more is better engine. And they styled it just like right perfect with the times. The, the way the chrome lines, uh, expand and then taper the little um, bits of stuff around the spare wheel. Uh, all this stuff speaks Art Deco. It speaks uh, Gotham. You know, all the things that we sort of associate with that time period. This one is just a perfect little time capsule. Yeah, it it really is, and it it's got so much going on. You know, in at one time, and it works well together. You know, they call the the 30s the design era in cars, and in the 20s. Cars were basically a box on top of a box or sitting next to another box, and, and they didn't have a lot oh. of great design. But, boy, that all changed in the 1930s, and no one was ahead of it uh, as much as General Motors and especially Cadillac, the standard of the world. And I think if memory serves, there was, there was two versions of this motor. Like the, the first version came out in 1930, and then um, that was a very expensive engine, and they figured out how to make it a little bit cheaper so this was actually the second generation of the motor is this ringing any bells you know you? that's a story from a long time ago i think you're right though i think that this was the uh the production version was a lot different than the than the other one but uh, you know the the pre-production stuff and the early stuff you know i'm gonna say that you know this is again a sweet spot with 1938 as well it was kind of a, a pinnacle so it's the one you want if this is something you want yeah so another way to think about it, this is right before World War II when all development on automobiles stopped. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the war ended, you know, they started uh, remaking some of the cars from the 30s and then boom, everything changed in the 50s. So um, a real sort of like time machine car, something a moment in time sort of establishes what was going on in the country. It's a lot of fun to, to uh, owning this thing, but a little bit different General Motors project is, uh, product, sorry, is also for sale. 
on Bring a Trailer. It's a 1996 Chevrolet Impala SS. <laughs> this is more your speed. I could see you driving this thing. Dave. Yeah, these tell me you want these are such badass rides. Come on, it's just it's just awesome. This one's 29,000 miles. So many of these things were driven hard and put away wet. This one's a low mileage example. It's uh, it, it, yeah, I love the color. It's out in a cornfield. How could that be any more American than showing it that way? This is on Bring a Trailer. We have these in the price guide. Guess what our number one tops out at? It is no nowhere near the six thousand dollars that this thing uh, with twelve with six days out is showing. Number one is fifty one thousand eight hundred dollars. That's a lot of bucks. Uh, number four is eleven three. So we don't even have number four money on this. Of course, it's early on with those days to go. But go take a look. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's one you want. All right, one you want, Dave. Go check me on this one. Um, this is the last full frame rear drive. General Motors sedan. I believe right? you are correct. No, I no, guess you could. No, you, uh, full full well, frame. You could argue that the the SS, the, oh, yeah, that was unibody. Yeah, so this yeah, is full frame, yeah, right? Yeah. This is it. I mean, this is the, the Mercury uh, Marauder, same kind of era, along with the uh, LTD. Or I'm sorry, not the LTD. What they call it by then? The, uh, the Ford, uh, you know, the police car thing, whatever it was. Crown Vic. Thank you. Crown Vic. That's the one. Yeah, so the SS got a little more horsepower to the V8. It got a console shifter. It got a, a little stiffer suspension. Um, still has a sort of dodgy General Motors interior bits <laughs> from that era. Well, but, well you know, put, my friend. Well put, dodgy. Yes, yeah, well yeah, put, yeah. dodgy. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember my some poor GM engineer showed up at the, the car and driver office. I said, you know. Have you guys seen what Audi's doing? Have you seen the A4? I mean, the thing, the interior is like insane. They must have spent a lot of money and you guys put in all this cheap stuff. And he turns, he looks at me and he goes, well, no, actually we spent a lot of money on that interior. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spent money and it feels like this. Oh, but God. now it's a timepiece, right? Everything. I mean, it looks like 1996. So it uh, looks like American cars, 1996. Hey, by the way, I didn't know this thing came with 17 inch, five spokes, five, five spoke alloys. I didn't realize they were putting 17s on it back then. That's kind of cool. Yeah, General Motors did some fun stuff back then. They actually did a, a, a front-wheel drive car with wider tires in the front than in the back. <laughs> it was a V8 Grand Prix. I want to say it was 2002. Super cool. Or two, 2000. So they were doing some fun stuff. Yeah, V8. Um, and a lot of these were, as you know, they were made into uh, low riders and donks and things like that. So not a lot this clean so i think this car is gonna fetch a really pretty good price. you know um, I, like I, about, I was looking at it and i i saw it said twenty nine thousand miles and i you know immediately you know went dyslexic and said ninety two thousand, and that's probably low average on these things so uh 29 is exceptional all right one more thing that i'm gonna have to point out that i think super cool is a 2011 Saab 9.5 Arrow. Spe speaking of General of Motors the... cars, huh? Ooh, the Saab people are going to get mad. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You had to bring that up. This is on Cars, well, it did cars have the and Bids right now? On the center. Yeah. Yep. It's on Cars and Bids. Um, I don't know. This This was such a... Uh, I thought at this era, Saab was regaining some of its unique footing just by the styling of this thing. And uh, yeah, it did share a GM platform. And it was owned by GM, Saab was, and they were trying to um, leverage everything, but it had a totally cool, unique aerodynamic shape to it. Um, 
so th- I just thought there was a lot of character to these things. But I mean, you bring up the the the, the rub on all these is that it was basically a GM prop. Yeah, this thing's at six days out, and it's got uh, a bit of four thousand bucks worth. A lot more than that. It's a 9.5 Arrow uh, Turbo V6 all wheel drive. I mean, kind of cool. Louisiana and Oregon owned, so it uh, doesn't look like it's been in any rusty states. Sixty nine thousand six hundred miles. Uh, it's got a ways to go, uh, and it's of course it's jet black. What else? What other color could it be? Okay, so I got to tell you my sob story. Ah, um, I get it. Um, the, uh, and another one of my many, uh, internet buying mistakes, I bought a, let's see, it was a Saab 900 turbo. It was like 87, 88. I bought it off of eBay sight unseen. Thankfully I didn't pay that much, 1800 bucks. And it was in New York and the owner said, yeah, it'd be easy to get it running. And I said, okay. And I went to the place where we're to pick it up. And of course he wasn't there and the car was a wreck. And I remember thinking like, well, what do I do? Do I just cut bait but i i figured no i'm gonna make something of this thing i took it home guess what i found the receipts it sold for twenty eight thousand dollars with special uh gear on it it was originally purchased by john oates from Holland. oh wow and he's still very active in the car market did you did you call him up and ask him if he wanted it back no i was so embarrassed about what i did in my bad choice that i didn't want to admit it to anybody but here's the funny thing about those cars they look really cool and sporty and all that and they're turbo and I expected something uh, in the driving experience to be kind of like that. When I finally got it on the road, I realized, wow, it was really comfortable. And it was very much a cruiser. It wasn't really as much of a driver's car. Very practical. You could see out of it. It had lots of room, but not, it wasn't really a sports sedan, which surprised Did you get a license plate that said Sarah Smile or Man Eater on it or something like that? I mean, (laughs) no? No, I didn't. I used it for a bunch of pieces that we did in Popular Mechanics about budget ways to get a car back on the road. Like I redid the headliner in my garage and you know, the clutch was weird on these things because it's actually, if our memory serves in the front, yeah, the clutch is in the front of the motor because the motor is north south and the transmission is underneath the engine. So it was a lot of learning that I tried to get on the page, but, um, I was not sad when it was uh, <laughs> sold to somebody else. Hey, we got didn't lose that much money. We that. got uh, we got a, a, our last car. I think is a 2008 Porsche Cayenne uh, GTS six speed. Uh, I could see you. Yeah, in this I, thing I could all see day. me in this as well. I could definitely see me in this. Got kind of the stealth thing going because it's uh, black with blacked out windows. It's got, does this have black wheels? I think it does, doesn't it? Uh, so it's got it all, um, but it's a six speed and that's the, that's the attraction here. It's a 2008, uh, Cayenne, uh, you know, not known for being extreme low maintenance, we might say. Uh, but, uh, uh, I'm going to watch this one. This one's on P car market. So, uh, I, I think this has got what, six, seven days to go, something like that. So when you listen to this, there might still have a day to go or two. Um, but I am yeah. expecting this thing to bring some pretty good money because this is the uh, Cayenne that everybody's looking for, the six speed. Yeah, there's not many six speed manual sport utes out there. And um the GTS is the sportiest of the non turbo Cayennes. I actually remember I towed some dirt bikes with one of these in Portland for over a weekend. And the six speed works better than you think. It's such a big car and very fun to drive. I mean, the weird thing is when these things are sitting, right, they always have the stances so mm-hmm. wrong, right? They're way high in the air, and they have all this gap between the wheels and the bottom of the fenders. But, and, oh, wow, this one actually has a 
tow hitch. So you can actually tow. I mean, Porsche did make these things very utilitarian while trying to keep them sporty. The thing with it, though, is you're never, uh, you never forget how much they weigh. And they weigh a ton. <laughs> I mean, like two and a half tons, sometimes three tons. So they're big, heavy things, but super. 22-inch uh, speed wheels. I mean, this thing's got it all. Clean car packs, too. 55,000 miles, which is bas- basically right. break-in miles. So you're good. What's your bet? What do you think something like this? Yeah. Will go for? You know, a buddy of mine bought one like two years ago for 19 grand and he was like the proudest baller of all time. So I'm going to say 30 grand. What do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right about 30, 40. Grand. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I, I'm out at that money and I'm going to get a used Macan all day, but this thing is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, why don't we switch gears one more time and we're going to answer some questions. Um, Jeff from Kansas city asks, He's going to the Mecham auction in Kissimmee, Florida. That is the, there used to be just auctions in Scottsdale in January, but then Mecham started this one in Kissimmee. That's really, really, it's huge. 4,000 right? cars, Larry, 4,000 cars. Think about that. Take a, you know, go to a CarMax and look around there and what do they got? 300, 400 cars uh, times 10. That's incredible size. So yeah, it's going to be big. So Dave, if 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 you and I go to the Kissimmee auction this year, how much money would you have in your pocket? Eh, ten grand. Ten, ten grand. grand. Okay, so you think you you could get something decent for uh, ten? You grand? know, I'm I'm out looking for another one of those uh, you know uh, Porsche Boxsters for you know for sixty six hundred. We've seen them for forty four hundred, right? I may have to do that. So how many days is this? Eight thing? It's like days, four, five, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, eight days, 4,000 cars. Shoot. I know. I, I know. Mean, M- Michigan in January is no great. Yeah, place. Florida's a little better weather wise that time of year, from what I understand. I, I might be wrong, but I think I'm right. Okay. Say we mm-hmm. buy them. Jeff wants to know. He's thinking the same thing. I'll buy yep. a car. Um, how does he get it home? Oh, uh, that's easy. Um, there are uh, transport places or transport companies that are on sale at all. I'm sorry, on site at almost every auction. Um, they have a, a setup. Mecham, uh, interestingly, has their own transport company. So there's they, you know, they're they're going to try and get you to go to them probably. But there's others that are independents that are out there. Uh, you can always call one of the big transport companies and and get it home. It's probably easier than you think. Transports. Not cheap. Where he was calling Dave, from Kansas, or he's coming in I, from Kansas City. It's going to be a pretty penny getting a car from uh, from Kissimmee to. Yeah. Well, I got to give a plug to the Haggerty Drivers Club because if you're a member, you get a discount with Reliable, and I've used Reliable a lot. I've used this 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 service called UShip. Yeah. That's a broker, and you'll usually get a quote, and then somebody will be assigned to your shipping. It's been very hit or miss. So. It's, I've I've had some really bad experiences where like a couple of days before the driver's supposed to pick up my car, they cancel. Yeah, I've, I've had ex- some people. Have shown I've had up. a good experience with them, so yeah, I, we've both been there. I've I've had some good ones, but you never know which shipping company they're going to send out your contract to. Sure. So I've found reliable to work pretty well. So you get a discount if you're a drivers yep. club member. But the question is like. If he ships the car out of state, how may I save on taxes? Okay, so this is a good question. Where do you pay okay, the Okay, so this is a great question. If you buy the car in state A uh, and you uh, or drive it home yourself, the title work is going to go to the state, and you're going to have to pay taxes in that state. So, uh, okay, so in, fl- in Florida, in? Uh, unless you ship it out with an ICC-registered carrier, 
which of course reliable and the other big boys are, um, then you might be liable for paying tax in that state. And if you're in a state where the tax is lower, um, you might as well just uh, you know pay the difference and and ship it out. It's a big deal in some states. Uh, Virginia, which the state that I live in, has pretty low tax rates. So I don't want to pay some state nine percent, and I'd only have to pay Virginia what is it uh, three and a half or four percent. So uh, um, I am very confused, Dave. You're not helping me. If I buy a car. In Florida, and I have put on, I have my insurance for my home in Michigan and drive it home. Mm-hmm. I got to pay taxes. Yes, in you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Now you can go to so, Florida and you can say, wait a minute. I, I mean, go to Michigan and, and say, wait a minute. I paid Florida taxes on this. And Michigan should say, okay, you owe the difference if Michigan's more expensive than Florida, or they will accept that you did. But why get involved? I mean, why do it? That's That's the beauty of having a ICC registered uh, carrier take the car out for you. What about if it's a private sale, not through like a commercial? That's different. Auction, you like can just drive it. Because I thought I broke the law because the car uh, I did buy in Florida. I just you break the law every time you buy a car. I've heard. I've heard. It the was stories. like my own smoking yeah, the bandit. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, uh, case case load of cores in the back, right? I did not know this. Well, thanks for clearing that up, uh, Dieter. Dieter. From Germany has asked, he's never been to a car auction, but I was just wondering, do the buyers and sellers both pay a fee? Let's talk yeah, about normally, that. Tell us about the fees with these in-person Normally auctions. they do. The seller pays a fee to put the car like in the catalog or in the auction. That's generally speaking, uh, you know, if you have a lot of cars, it might be negotiable. But, uh, you know, if you just have one, two, three or four cars, uh, it's going to be like 10 percent of the of the cost, maybe as little as 7 percent of the cost of the sale. So you sell your car for 100 grand, you get 100 grand minus 7 percent. The seller, however, pays a fee as well, uh, generally 10 or 12 percent at this point. So the seller pays and the buyer Whoa. pays. That's where the auction companies make their money. Maybe we should open an auction company. That sounds pretty mm. good. Yeah, there you go. I I think I have enough on my plate right now, and uh, you know, I don't need to don't need to get in the auction business. That's for darn. All trip. right, all right. I'll think about it. Well, it's thank you, Dave. It's th- it's been a very interesting week. Any final comments from you? Uh, it's coming to be holiday time. Drive your special car to the special place you're going to. Hey, take your uh, take your Model T grandma's house. Why not have some fun? How about you? Yeah, just bundle up if you do. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at the time in the year when we put our cars away and we start uh, chipping away at the punch list. So I always try and um, revel in the garage time and make sure that they're ready for when it's uh, nice and time to drive again. But um, yeah, I might have to go to Kissimmee. That, that, I have to say, that might be kind of fun. And if we get there early enough, maybe we can pick up some of those $4,000 boxes. Yeah, a lot of times, uh, you know, when there's eight days of auctioning, no one person can stand at the auction block and watch all the cars go through. So it's team uh, team effort to get it done. So now let's buy a couple of boxers. For sure. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please, as always, uh, subscribe, share, help us get the word out, and put your questions in the comments. Um, And we look forward to catching up with you next week on No Reserve.